Hello and welcome to the last lockdown lowdown of the season. It's Chadzi here with Jugsy today. Um, unfortunately, Omar can't be with us today. Some good news from his end as he welcomed his third child into the world. So massive congratulations and best wishes from the two of us and I'm sure all of the listeners, all the millions of listeners all around the world. Um, so apologies if today's episode isn't quite as polished as usual, but Chadzi and Jugsy will try and get you through. Um, obviously, it's been a, a great week for Villa with a couple of good wins in the Premier League and last night's Youth Cup win as well. So a really positive way to end the season. And we're going to make sure that we just focus on the Chelsea game in today's episode so we don't um, blow our load for a, a proper end of season review pod to come in the next couple of couple of weeks. Um, so yeah, Jugsy, obviously we had a great win against Tottenham on Wednesday night that the lads covered in the, the previous episode and then went into Sunday's game looking to finish with back-to-back wins. And, you know, we were lucky enough to get tickets in the ballot and we had a great day out. So just summarise generally what it was like being back at Villa Park and the experience of the day. Yeah, it was uh, pretty surreal, to be honest. And we've been waiting for it for just over a year. And it's quite a magical feeling being back in the ground, seeing the players... Um, obviously there's only 10,000 fans but we made plenty of noise and it was a great atmosphere really and it was a great great way to crown the season off I thought we um, obviously we'll go on to performance later but I thought we've had a, a great season and um, the team have performed very well so it was good to have sort of a, a pressure-free game where we can go out there enjoy ourselves uh, give a couple of youngsters a chance and the crowd can get behind the players which they did and I thought yeah, despite us obviously only being 10,000 fans there, we made plenty of noise and the atmosphere was great. I mean, people were in uh, in the ground while before kickoff, um, which obviously probably doesn't normally happen, but I think people just wanted every minute in Villa Park, which is understandable. So watching the players warm up, um, things you just take for granted, really. So um, it was great to, to be lucky enough um, to get the tickets and uh, it's something that I think we won't take for granted in, in the future, really. And... It'd be great for next season now, knowing that it'd be back to normal and we can have a sort of uh, packed out villa getting behind the lads again. How did you find it in terms of, I know you were pretty excited in the build-up and it's been a long time coming. How did you find it and how would you, how would you summarise the, um, the the experience? Yeah, it, it was strange. In the build-up to it, it felt like it's been you know, such a long time, 14, 15 months since we were at that Tottenham game and the week week building up, I felt like this is going to be surreal. It's going to be a bit of strange going back to Villa Park. But then as soon as we set off, it sort of became second nature then and it, it actually felt like yesterday since we've been there, it's totally flipped, you know, getting in the ground. Um, I was expecting it to be a bit of a, a sort of sanitised experience, you know, the, the email and the video that the club sent out on how to behave, what to expect on the day, getting your bags checked, wearing your face mask, having to follow sort of the footsteps around the concourse and things like that. I was expecting it to be um, not not great fun, really, other than the football, but it was basically normal, wasn't it? Once we were in the ground, you could move freely. You didn't really have to wear your face yeah. mask. You could. We stood up all game, sang all game, did all the usual things we would do. And it did feel like second nature, and it was amazing to be back in it was great to be able to get back behind the team properly again and show our support for the lads. And it just makes you remember that, you know, football isn't a TV show. We've all got 
a little bit carried away over the last 12 months, thinking it's a big soap opera, all the highs and lows that come with your team winning and losing. And, you know, football isn't a TV show. It's it's what it does for the community. It's what it does for people's mental health. It, what it, it's what it does for giving you that release on the weekend, the social aspect of it, seeing your mates and everything that goes with supporting the Villa and being a Villa fan. Felt really lucky to be able to enjoy it. And obviously, four or 5,000 more got to do it again at the Youth Cup last night. So we've just got to hope next season we're back to full capacity. We're back to back to normal. And um, we build on the momentum from a great end to the season and, and what's been a, a really positive season on the whole. So moving on to the game, obviously, we didn't have a huge amount on the board. I think uh, Chelsea had 73% of the possession overall. And a lot of that was in the first... 25 to 30 minutes um you know we, we did concede possession and felt like we were happy to let them have the ball smith talked about the fact that we wanted to defend narrow and that was quite apparent we're letting them have the ball in the wide channels and whilst that sometimes seems frustrating from a fan's perspective that was clearly the idea and concert and target did really well to get out and shut down and block those crosses coming into the box but how did you feel that first sort of 30 minutes when and uh how we set up it, I thought it was quite interesting that Nakamba was uh, given the trust again over Louise. Yeah, I thought um, it was a positive move by Smith to repay the faith in that same eleven that did so well against Tottenham. And um, yeah, I thought we put, put in sort of a solid first thirty minutes. Obviously, Chelsea had a lot of a lot of the ball, and their their sort of wing backs in uh, Chilwell and Aspereta got a lot of the ball, and it was getting a bit frustrating that we weren't sort of cutting that out but I think as you mentioned it's part of our tactics and it's been part of our tactics all season and it's been a massive improvement from last season where there was the gaps in between the fullback and centre backs was huge last season that's why we were conceding a lot of goals where your runners for midfielders were getting into that gap and pulling balls across but now we're defending a bit more compact and pressing out at the right time and I thought uh, it worked well, really. I think they had a couple of chances where Mount had a couple of shots at the edge of the box, but on the whole, we we sort of managed the situation really well. And uh, we looked dangerous on the counter-attack. I thought Watkins obviously looked sharp and having Grealish in the team yet again, um, you know, you give him the ball, he's composed, um, he's always positive with his play, always got his head up, um, looking to make something happen. So when you've got Jack in your team, you know you've got a chance to create a chance or, or get a goal, really. So, yeah, I thought Smith again... Um, got his selection spot on. I thought Conta, a right back, is a good shout um, when Cash is not around. Um, House and Nakamba uh, were standout players for me. I thought Nakamba was excellent at reading reading, reading the danger. Um, suits, suits that type of game where he's in, he's able to get his foot in and, and sort of interrupt the opposition play and, and House was solid and dependable. Um, so, yeah, very positive that first half and um, obviously we'll come on to the goal um, that we scored, which is from a corner. So we've been going on about it for the, for the last few months about not being creative enough from, from set pieces. It seems like the, the coaching staff have been listening to the pod, which is a, a, a good good sign. So yeah, it was great. Wild worked corner and uh, Troy's finish uh, obviously uh, sort of scooped it into the top corner really. So it was a great, great, um, great goal to score just before half time and it really set the game up, I thought. Yeah, it was, uh, it was great to see some invention. We've actually, I've noticed in the last, two or three games that we've tried to be a bit more inventive from our corners and uh, mix up the movement in the box and play a few short rather than just swinging them in and hoping for the best, which is what we'd, we'd seem to be doing for the majority of the season now. Um, that's probably talking down all the many hours of 
time they spend on the training ground and Neil Cutler spends devising these plans, it just probably just hasn't worked out this season and we probably do over-egg it a bit because we're not in there seeing all the movement that goes on. But just coming back to the selection, um, there's been a bit of talk around um, this week that John McGinn seems to be at his best and, and, and better when he's playing alongside Nakamba. Do you feel like the, the fact that Nakamba's doing more defensive work and, and McGinn can rely on him to mop up any mistakes or cover for him when he loses the ball, that McGinn can be better on the ball, be more progressive with his attacking and, and get get over the pitch a bit more? Yeah, I think so. I think, it, yeah, he's, he's put in a couple of better performances against obviously stronger opposition as well. Um, Tottenham and Chelsea were both at full strength and McGinn's really been out the standout player in midfield. But I think, yeah, Nakamba's probably got a bit more sort of defensive in- instincts. Um, he reads danger really well. And yeah, I mean, he's solid enough as well. He's mobile and a bit more physical uh, as opposed to Louise. So I think I think McGinn thrives knowing that he has to be that progressor in midfield where he'll get a bit more of the ball where if Dougie's playing, the Dougie's obviously good, good on the ball as well and Dougie tends to try and switch the play. So I think McGinn maybe likes that sort of authority of being the person in midfield where he's trusted a bit more with the ball or has to progress the ball. So I think it's helped his game and obviously having Grealish in midfield, um, I think that helps McGinn as well. He's got someone that you can look up and someone looking to, to get onto the ball uh, and always being available, which helps. Yeah, and you mentioned that we we look quite bright on the counter-attack and um, I don't know if you agree with me, but I really think that playing back in front of fans and, and the noise from the fans really helped with that. You know, when there was a half opportunity to get forward and get on the break and sort of put them a bit under pressure, the roar of the whole 10, the roar of the 10,000 fans that are in there, I think, you know, psychologically that does have an impact on the players. And, you know, the, you saw the time McGinn got forward, tried to put one into the far corner. There's a few times when Al Ghazi and Jack interlinked really nicely on the left and targets overlapping and... It just felt like the the energy of the crowd impacted the players um, when we had our chance to go forward and we were a lot more um, happy to take risks and and sort of break break from midfield and, and really try and progress the attacks. Whereas in front of an empty stadium, I think sometimes it's easier just to keep the ball and um, perhaps there isn't as much enthusiasm to get forward. So... Yeah, I think it just was a nice little insight into the potential of this team that um, a full Villa Park can have on us next season. So I just thought I'd go back on a point. Um, I think it sums up how we won the corner in the first place, where um, it was sort of a, a long ball up to Watkins and Thiago Silva. Uh, it's probably not under too much pressure, but obviously with the noise from the crowd and Watkins probably going up an extra gear, he just presses the defender and he concedes a corner. And that's the fine margins in football sometimes. So he's spot on about the impact that fans can have. Yeah. And, you know, just on Watkins, whilst you mentioned him, I, I mentioned in the preview pod, I think last week, that um, I was really looking forward to seeing him play live just because of how much work he does off the ball and his movement. And I think it's the type of thing that you have to see, um, see to believe, really. And, you know, he was. He was just tireless. Um, I watched him off the ball. You know, he doesn't just track down the man with the ball. He he hunts down the man he passes to and then the man he passes to. So he's essentially looking after the press for the whole of the back four um, and the goalkeeper when they go back to the goalkeeper, which is testament to his fitness, his work rate, um, his desire to make things happen out of nothing. And we saw where that got us 
um, in the Tottenham game when he, him and um, Trey Orris Preston got got the goal um, from Reguilon's mistake. So yeah, another sort of really real positive of being able to be at Villa Park and see them play live is just seeing the work rate off the ball from people like Watkins that you don't necessarily see see on the telly. So yeah, we, we we soaked up some pressure in the first half and defended resolutely despite conceding maybe one or two quite big chances to, to mount. Um, I thought Target was outstanding again. Mings was colossus. And then we find ourselves 1-0 up at the break. And obviously that second goal, biggest cliche in football, is absolutely crucial. Um, and it was quite a wild work move down the right-hand side, wasn't it, that got us into got us into the box in the second half to find Traore. Um, bit of magic again to, to draw the foul. Yeah, again, it was a bit of sort of innovation from a set piece, um, a free kick. And yeah, Target and Greenish were doing that sort of game, looking to do something different. And yeah, it was nice, nice play on the right-hand side. And they put in a nice through ball uh, for Grealish, who pulled it back uh, for uh, Traore, who I thought was um, great again from his game against Tottenham. And yeah, nice bit of skill to make Jorginho and Jorginho's brought him down. So um, yeah, it was a great way to start the second half. And yeah, put us back on the front foot, I thought. And um, obviously, Al Ghazi from the penalty spot, he's been ruthless this season. So um, he was confident when he's... Um, got, got a, a penalty and uh, he, he tucked it away. So it was a great way to start the second half. And yeah, I thought Chelsea then um, had quite an uphill task. And obviously with the pressure of Champions League qualification, um, the onus was on them really to then try and go out all out and, and attack us really. So I think it suited suited the, our, our game plan in the second half. Yeah, you know, we've done it to death this season and I think everyone has really about about the wingers, but I think it was really apt and quite a nice way for Al Ghazi and Traore to finish the season by being the two goal scorers. Obviously, um, a goal and an assist for Traore, another goal for Al Ghazi. That's 23 goal involvements between the two of them this season, 13 for Traore, 10 for Al Ghazi. Seven goals and six assists for Traore and, and ten goals for Al Ghazi. Um, you know, we, we probably don't need to have the same conversation about um, strength and depth in the wide channels and the fact that we probably know we need to recruit in that area to kick on to the next level. But those two have been outstanding and I, I just think that we should we should sometimes appreciate what, what we've got rather than not sort of search for search for what we haven't got all the time. Um Traore is a wonderful talent and a bit like Grealish, the type of player that gets you off your feet sometimes with, with what he does with the ball at his feet. Al Ghazi is somebody that I think has developed so much under Smith. He used to be the type of player that you couldn't rely on to track back and he found himself out of the team at times because of his inconsistency. But he's really made the most of Trezeguet's injury. He's really made the most of his opportunity. He stepped up for, for penalties and set pieces and um, I think he's really developed not as a footballer but as a character now, and he's a bit of a go-to go-to man. I wouldn't say he's a senior player or first name on the team sheet or anything, but he's well and truly developed himself to be a big part of this Villa squad. And uh, you know, just just a big sort of um, fair play to both them, really, for for I, what I think is on the whole an outstanding season. Yeah, I, I agree with that. I mean, um, the output has been yeah second to none really in terms of the contribution to the goals and assists, and I thought. Um, you spot on about Algarzi. His defensive contribution has improved massively, massively this season. You can rely on him. 
I thought Traore's last few games, um, he's been in, a bit inconsistent. I know I've probably been guilty of um, throwing him under the bus at times, but he's really come alive in these last two games and it helps when obviously Jack's playing as well. It just feels like he's a bit more flexible with his position. He's coming central. He's picking up positions that he normally wouldn't. He'd be more obviously um, on the right um, generally, but he's looking to come in field, link up play, and he just seems like he wants the ball short. So he's a big lad. Both our wingers are six foot. And I thought Truro especially um, just feels like he's got a bit more about him in the last few games where he's a bit more confident on the ball. He's, you know, I mean, holding off the full back. It just really helps to have uh, someone like that because he is creative. He's got a bit of magic in him. So um, really pleased to see that in his game now. And he'll only get better, to be honest. He's got the first season under his belt. Um, obviously, he's probably had a couple of inconsistent, game, inconsistent games, but all wingers have that. So, um, yeah, no, not really, really pleased with his contribution. And I think um, I was probably critical or sceptical about the, the fee that we paid for him. But I think it's been good value um in, in the end and yeah he can only go up from here really so he's got a part in the squad and uh, it'll be interesting to see how he performs next season yeah and then so once we've got the second goal it's always going to be a case of um absorbing even more pressure pressure from Chelsea and you know we did drop quite deep but I thought that we had quite a few chances on the break to maybe finish the game I thought we were going to get the third you know Jack and Al Ghazi were quite close in linking up to a really good goal. The layoff for Jack just wasn't quite right. Watkins was getting in some good areas. And, you know, I did feel like if Chelsea were going to get one quite early, I was quite worried they were going to get the second. They nearly did. Obviously, the first was a well-worked goal to the back post where eventually they were going to find some space and Chilwell finished well. But then almost a carbon copy a few, few minutes later or 10 minutes later when... Emmy Martinez out of nowhere gets across and, and stops the Chilwell volley. Um, and I think that just summed up his season, really, didn't it? Out of nowhere, he's pulling off a, a what was a match winning save. It was a bit gutted for him. He didn't get the clean sheet to, to break the record. He probably deserves that feat, but to equal it, at the very least, has um, been a great justification for him as a signing and how well he settled in at Villa. Enjoyed the fans singing his name and um, it's just great to again see him at Villa Park and for the fans to be able to show their appreciation firsthand for what a massive impact he's had. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I mean, his, his save was match winning and I think what was crucial for me uh, was just his footwork to come across where many keepers probably wouldn't get across quick enough. Uh, but he was alert to the situation. He preempts a lot of these things with his positioning. So it was an outstanding save. And uh, yeah, he well deserved to to be on the winning side. And yeah, I just feel like with him in the side, um, which just breeds confidence in the back line. He's good commanding in the box. His handling is always spot on, and he's been an outstanding signing, really. And yeah, he won um, Player of the Year, uh, Supporters Player of the Year, even, and he was awarded uh, prior to the game, uh, which was great to see as well. So he's got the recognition from the supporters uh, about his contribution this season. So uh, really pleased for him. And yeah, it's proved yet again to be an outstanding signing, signing from Smith & Co. So um, yeah, I think that they will be pleased as well. Yeah, and, and sort of in the last half an hour or so, Chelsea sort of started to, what I, it seemed to me that they started to lose their heads a bit. You know, Tuchel was on the sideline, absolutely berating the fourth official every two minutes. My dad, who watched it on telly, said they just kept panning to Tuchel and he was always, you know, in the ear of the referee or the fourth official or complaining at something and, 
at no point did they show Dean Smith, which I think is another another key example of uh, top six bias from Sky Sports. But they ended up with um, four yellow cards and, and a red card to, to our three or four yellows as well. So the referee was um, not shy in getting his cards out, but it did feel like quite, not a nasty game, but there was a lot on the line for Chelsea and with fans back in the ground, Villa wanted to obviously finish with a win. So it definitely didn't feel like an end of season dead rubber. And as for Laqueta, um, found himself um, getting a, a relatively early bath, just a few minutes early, but with that sort of um, slap on Grealish, what did you think of that? Is that a fair red card for you? Yeah, I think you can't raise your hands and uh, do that in, in the modern game. And uh, yeah, I think it was pretty annoying because I think Grealish rinsed a couple of their players, including him, uh, literally 20 seconds earlier. So he's probably still had that on the back of his mind. And yeah, he's that kind of player, Aspicorita. Uh, he's not dirty, but I would say he's he's, he's sort of um, yeah plays hard. I would say so. It was one of those where he wanted to leave one on Grealish or push him away, and he and he's ended up hitting him in his face. It wasn't obviously that that malicious in the end, but yeah, a well deserved red card. And yeah, it was quite niggly. I thought there was a few challenges in midfield. I thought um, McGinn and Grealish got stuck in, which is good to see. And uh, yeah, I think Chelsea players were giving it back. I think Rudiger uh, squared up to Watkins a couple of times as well. So it was good to see us have a bit of fight about us and, you know what I mean, take it to the uh, sort of um, Chelsea who are obviously top four and, and yeah, not not be not back down in any way. So yeah, it was good to for us to show a bit of fight and wanting us to win that game. We could have easily taken that game in a completely different attitude and think it's end of season got nothing to play for got the fans back and uh, let's just just enjoy ourselves but they were adamant and keen to get the three points which was good to see yeah so overall it was a, it was a great day out you know I, I had a feeling we were going to win I just felt like fans back at Villa Park and celebration of a good season and, and getting behind the lads and Smith again I just felt like it was going to be our day and it turned out to be that way <clears throat> we couldn't have written a better day I don't think, for, for getting back and trying to get the bandwagon rolling again ahead of next season. Um, great to see the fans, great to hear the noise of the whole tend and get those sort of spine-tingling moments of the connection again between the fans and the players. Um, probably a bit of work through, I think, from from all of us on uh, our uh, selection of songs ahead of next season. It does get a bit repetitive, in my opinion, Ale 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 and UPIA and the songs for the new players need a bit more thought rather than just going back to the same old tune. So I'm going to take it upon myself and uh, get writing over the summer. So if anyone else, any other creative minds out there, obviously Twitter is a good platform to get some ideas bouncing around over the summer. But I do think that's one area of fans that we need to improve on our uh, selection of songs. But yeah, a great day out. And um like I said, we won't summarise the season. We're going to do a separate end of season pod in the next couple of weeks. But 55 points in 11th place. Dean Smith, the players, um, it's been a really good season of progression. And, you know, this club's going in the right direction. It's really exciting times for the whole club, the development of the training ground, the new owners, a captain, a manager, a, a squad of players that we can get behind that have got affinity with the club. And then last night, winning our first ever FA, well, I'll say our first ever, sorry, our first FA Youth Cup in 19 years since 2002. Um, you know, this this youth team have been a joy to watch this year. I've watched some of the games during this journey and obviously they, they did the first team proud and the club proud when they took on Liverpool in the FA Cup during the year. So, fantastic to see 
Um, that achievement capped off last night by um, the 2-1 win, a couple of early goals, um, and then obviously a pretty resolute defensive display. Of it sort of mirrored the first team's performance, I thought, on Sunday in terms of hanging on a bit at the end, but being res- resolute enough to get the job done. Um, what did you think of the game last night, Jugs? And are, are there any sort of stars in there that you want to pick out individually that you think are definitely going to go on to feature in the first team in the next couple of years? Yeah, I thought um, it was a yeah a great final, and I've been watching the youth team, um, especially for their cup run, and they've been excellent. And they've got they've got better, to be honest, game by game. And what I, I like personally is how we set up as a team. So we're trying to mirror the four three three formation that we have in the first team and playing out from the back. So I think it's good to have a consistent sort of playing um, style within the club. Um, so I think it really helps when you're trying to get players. Um, to put, get promoted into the first team. I think it helps that they, they know the system, they know the playing style, and obviously there's going to be a few tweaks, um, but but the general sort of structure of it is, is the same. And I thought it was very positive that you trusting these young lads to play out from the back. And yeah, they'll make a couple of mistakes, but they'll, they'll be better for it. And I thought um, in that first half, especially, um, the game could have been out of sight, really. We were obviously tuning up at half time, but we had a couple of other additional chances that, that we missed, really. And I thought... Yeah, I mean, we just had the right balance in that team. I thought that the midfield, especially, I think there's a couple of stars in there for me. I think Chukamaker, obviously, he's played in the first team. He just looks a confident player, very technical, number 10. Um, seems like he likes to get onto the ball, um, comfortable with the ball at his feet in terms of his dribbling, um, being quite progressive and, and strong in his play as well, which is good. And I thought Reiki, uh, as the number eight in the side, was full of energy. I think, I don't know how many sprints he did in that game, but he was almost like a Leeds player, really, in terms of how he played. And he was up and down that pitch and his quality on the ball. I think um, the first goal came from his sort of run off the ball and uh, Louis Barry's through ball. And then to pick out uh, Ben Crisene, um, who had a nice finish. I thought that was a great goal and a great team goal, really. So I think them two in the field uh, played really well. Um, up front, you've got Brad Young, um, who's a willing runner. Yeah, looks like a, a bit, really good player. Yeah, yeah. I think he's he looks physically sort of ready for f- sort of senior football for me. Um, he was a willing runner, puts himself about, just knows his game and um, just trusts so trust his game and works that back line really hard. I mean, he's always trying to get in and behind, playing off the last man and seems like an interesting prospect, really. One that you could really develop um, and, yeah, has sort of natural... Uh, pace as well which helps and yeah I think the whole team to be honest I thought um, I've, I've played well uh, throughout the cup run we've got Kessler who's the captain at right back he almost plays like a right winger he's, he's full of energy and, he, and he's um, quite good on the ball and a, a big sort of attacking threat down that right obviously we've spoken about Louis Barry as well who's highly rated um, the one player I thought that goes under the radar slightly for me is Bogard which is the centre-back um, he's probably plays defensive midfield or centre-back, but he's signed from Feyenoord and we beat off a lot of competition in Europe for him and he just seems so calm and composed and he's been outstanding really at the back and he's an exciting prospect because he's versatile, um, he's, he's a sort of a ball-playing centre-back or defensive midfielder and he's someone that we can really, really look uh, to, to progress and, and get him into the first team, I think. And I think a lot of these players, um, a couple of them will get a chance in the first team next season. But I think 
a lot of them will benefit from a loan. I'm not sure what you think. I, I, I'm, a, I'm a massive fan of loans. I think that help with Grealish playing in the lower leagues, especially when they're probably not physically uh, ready for the Premier League. Um, it just helps them to develop quicker and, and know what it's like for senior football. I think loans would definitely help and I would try and get as many out on loan because I think you can't be that experience and you rather I think we've we've seen with um Ramsey uh, Ramsey this season where he's had minutes here and there off the bench he started a few games but he's not really had a consistent run so it's very difficult to get any form when you're in and out of the side so would they benefit from a championship loan um I, I believe so where they could play you know I mean 25 to 35 games a season um, I think it'll really help their development. I'm not sure what you think, Chad. Yeah, yeah, I agree with that. I think even like Chuck Wameka and um, uh, the other lads that have had a run out for the first team in the last couple of months, I'd say that there's no rush to get them in the first team. I, I think, you know, we've got a good squad of players and we will hopefully invest this summer um, to add a bit of depth. But um, I totally agree. You know, you've only got to listen to what Greeley says about how that loans spot at Nats County helped him develop both physically and also, just understanding a bit about what what it takes to make it to the very top, and how to, especially from an attacking attacking player's perspective, how to manipulate defenders, move the ball away from defenders, how to get the better of referees and get people on side, and all of the things that you don't really learn by playing in the academy or learn by just training week in week out and not getting some game time. So, especially the attacking players of, of Barry Chukwemeka, Young, um, I, I would I would. I would definitely suggest that they get out on loan. But Dean Smith, Mile Jedinak, who's the loans manager now, I'm sure they'll have some big plans for them and hopefully speaking to some decent clubs at decent levels. The one player I just want to pick out is is the goalkeeper, Marshall. He, um, I thought he was really commanding, really confident um, and was a really key part of sort of holding on in, in that last 15, 20 minutes when... Liverpool were playing on the pressure. You want your goalkeeper to come and get the ball. You want him to command his box. And he, and he really did that really well. So, um, yeah, uh, the complete team effort, really, and a fantastic way for the club to finish off the season. So, huge congratulations to everyone involved from coaching staff and all of the players um, in that youth team. You know, you've done the club proud and really pleased for them all. They got the, the chance to play in front of the whole end. And, um some fans that were getting behind them last night. So a really, really positive week, which is nice after a tough few months um, to finish off the season with first team wins at Tottenham and Chelsea and then an FA Youth Cup win to to really set up Villa for a bright future and a really exciting season ahead next year. So unless you've got anything else, Jugs, we'll, we'll call it a wrap there, mate. And... Um, Look forward to welcoming back Omar for an end of season, full end of season review, probably with some awards and uh, a few other bits and pieces that I'm sure he's got planned up his sleeve. Um, So thanks everyone for listening. All of the usual stuff around following, subscribing, telling your mates, tagging everyone or just commenting, telling us that Jugs is talking a load of rubbish. That'll uh, that'll be fine. Any all engagement adds up. I think you do enough of that, Chadzi. All right, mate. Yeah, get get the listeners in. No, no, it has been, and yeah, I just thought, yeah, I think um, it's a perfect way, really, just to sort of uh, capture um, the final game. It's a perfect way to end the season, and it's a really exciting summer. Obviously, we're going to cover off the end of season review, but it's a really exciting summer, and the owners have got a, a really good long term plan, and I think we're going to be quite aggressive in the market, and we've been linked with a few players, so I think Villa fans 
should be really excited about the future and we can only go up from here really so um yeah i think it's going to be exciting uh summer and uh, we look forward obviously to go going through in the summer and talking through uh transfers and, and rumors and things but um yeah hopefully catch up with everyone for the end of se- season review and uh yeah up the villa love you dino go on lads I love it. Mm-hmm. I love it.